0: Alright, what are you talking about? Um,
1: The Bible.
0: Good guess.
1: It's a
0: Sunday school answer right there. Romans. 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 So, yes,
1: Dylan, we are still on Romans.
0: How okay. do? That's oh, I need Tuesday. a Bible. This Bible in particular. Uh, Who wrote it?
1: David. Paul. Paul
0: not David. You're <laughs> on David Tuesday. Was the
1: one in yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, Paul. Romans, Paul. Oh. Yeah. And God. <laughs> um.
1: <sighs> God. Let's review. Um.
0: We've been. This is actually part seven, if you're wondering. Yep. All right. So chapter one. What was it about?
1: Paul. Um, yeah.
0: He left the cat out of the bag. Human nature
1: <laughs> to defy and
0: So we got two things. Power is where? In the really Good.
1: <laughs> Good news. Yeah.
0: And human nature is what? To defy
1: and rebel against
0: Yes. Thanks. How sad. Okay, next chapter. Chapter two is about... Is this all you wrote down, Audrey? <laughs> um, it's
1: about judging, because there's a lot of that in the first couple of verses. Um, okay. <laughs> so. I wrote, I wrote, like, Jews are also guilty, it's like the Jews... Yeah, so down. so it, oh,
0: remember yeah. we said to have the law is not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So we extended that to say to have the Word of God. So to just know what the Bible says... Is not enough. You have to actually live it. All right, chapter three.
1: Is about. What is enough?
0: Belief and faith. Faith is enough. You must believe faith equals salvation.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Chapter four. That's fundamental in everything we we believe. Chapter four.
1: (coughs) Flesh is bad. Hmm? Flesh is bad. We're not there yet. No.
0: So uh, mm. this idea that faith is enough, is that an old idea or a new idea? It's an, it's an old idea. That's what chapter four is about. Faith has always been the way.
1: Right.
0: So you remember talking about Abraham and how he was justified by his faith? Mm-hmm. All right. Faith yeah. has always been enough. It's always been the way. That's, That's what chapter
1: the four way is about.
0: The truth and the light. Woo! <laughs> all right, chapter five.
1: Chapter five. Everyone has sinned. Jesus died
0: for all. Okay, yeah, there you go. I agree.
1: <clears throat>
0: we talked about Adam. You remember that? We made a T chart. Uh,
1: oh, yes.
0: <laughs> all right, yes.
1: Man and
0: Adam sin brought for sin God. for all. Jesus bought, brought salvation that? for all. And boy, yeah. Um. Jesus saves all. Not just the Jews, not just the Gentiles, but all. Oh. Oh. Chapter 6.
1: Chapter 6.
0: We did chapter 5 and chapter 6 in one week.
1: What shall we say then? Shall we yeah,
0: say yeah, you're really close, okay? <laughs> if, if Jesus saves all, if Jesus died for us, what's our reaction?
1: What?
0: That's chapter 6. What shall we what say?
1: Yay! <laughs>
0: So, because Jesus saved us, we should change ourselves. We should leave sin behind. Alright? We should make an active effort to change.
1: So, grace can be abound. Right?
0: You're just quoting things now. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter 7 this was Levi two weeks ago. If we're gonna change, what does it mean to change?
1: Do it in a good way, not a bad way. <laughs> um, wow. Chapter seven, we like you have struggle and you are doing what you don't want to do, ah. and, um, like you want to do good but you can't find
0: a way. So this is this is living by the spirit, not by sin. Yeah. And uh, even though still, sin is still going to be within you, right? We can't get rid of that human nature. So it's going to be a daily act. It's gonna be a struggle. Uh, what was chapter eight? This was Eric last week.
1: Last week we talked about
0: what do you get when you relinquish that sin, When you struggle against it,
1: Sin and death.
0: <laughs> Okay, yeah. <laughs> so we, you guys I talked a lot about.
1: Righteousness.
0: The love of God, and how you guys have all this opportunity because you've been set apart, right? How all of these things that God has done for you. Any of this ringing a bell?
1: No. Yes. <laughs> um,
0: I'll tell your grandpa. I reckon. <laughs> How, um, what are some of the things he said?
1: Uh, but he says a lot of things. Well, yeah.
0: <laughs> He's got a lot of important things.
1: Hairs, hairs of God, and joint heirs. and that. airs.
0: It's not hairs, it's heirs.
1: With an H. Yes. Uh, it's like,
0: it's, it, they're not herbs, they're herbs. Right? And it's you don't uh, season your soup with herbs. <laughs> that is true. Yes. <laughs> in America. Pronounce things our way. Uh, so, if we relinquish our sinful nature, struggle against it, and allow the love of Christ to command our life, we can be set apart, and nothing can separate us from God's love and blessing. No sin no equals goodness. no separation, right? We talked about what can actually separate you from the love of God. Sin. Sin can, right? So you have to make that decision all right chapter 9 through 11 whoa i'm gonna actually not even
1: that's a lot
0: yeah it is chapter 9 through 11 uh we're gonna gloss over here for time okay Okay. but i'm gonna give you a synopsis paul turns his attention toward israel right and so it's mostly about Jew- the jews and they are reaction to Christ and that's kind of why we're glossing it over it over it because yes it applies to us but there's more to learn there for uh Jews after the coming of Christ so Paul explains that God made a promise to Abraham and he likens that promise to an olive tree, draw a tree. how's my tree It's
1: beautiful. <laughs> okay
0: Oh, what does an olive tree look like? Yes. It's a stick. it's
1: sticky. Like a okay. like Charlie Brown.
0: <laughs> oh yeah? Okay. So uh, but what's unique is God has chosen us the Gentiles who believe to be grafted into that tree. What does to graft
1: mean? Cut it off and
0: stick it together. Okay. So like you don't have to cut off the old part, but you can like create a slit here and shove a new branch in. And it doesn't even have to be the same style tree, but if you do it right, it'll it'll grow. So they do that for apple trees and peach trees. And so that's how you can get like five different varieties of apple from a single root system. Have one tree that grows a lot of different kinds of apples through grafting. So what does that mean if God grafted the Gentiles into his olive tree that is his promise?
1: He took them in and he was like...
0: You're part of this now, right? And that's yes. that's the biggest gift, right? What was originally just for the Jews, he gave to everybody. Paul then says, in that process, some of the natural branches were cut out of the tree. All right? What do, what do you think that means? That
1: means the Jews. Just
0: because we Jews. <laughs> we did talk about that, yeah. To have the law is not enough. Uh, why do you think God would do that? What's going to separate people from God's love? Sin. Sin, all right? So the, the Jews that sinned, and that's what half the Bible is documenting, right? The Jews are with God for a generation, and then they fall away, and then there's a, a war, and they, you know, somebody steps up and says, hey, we need to go back to God, and then they go back to God, and they're with God for another generation, and then they fall away, and it's, that's the history. So uh, the Israelites were cut off. Uh, because they chose that path for themselves by uh by sinning but paul reminds them that not all have been cut off and god's grace still applies to everybody in the past and everybody in the present and everybody in the future so uh it's not a bad thing but the jews can't rely on that promise alone they have to have faith in christ all right there's more than a couple things to take away from this section of romans uh So uh, really it's, we were adopted, right? We were grafted in to the promise. Um, In this, we get a call in these couple chapters. Paul starts talking about a call to spread the gospel, right? He gives this to the Gentiles in this section because that's how the Jews are going to be re-grafted in. All right? Call to spread the gospel. I don't need two words of the... And uh, Paul reminds at the end of chapter 11 that no one has been permanently grafted out of that promise. If you're alive, you still have a chance. So that applies to both the Jews and us. All right, No matter how far you've fallen away, You can always accept God, uh, have faith and believe in his promises, and you can be regrafted into that promise of eternal life. That's 9 through 11, and we're going to jump into 12. Turn there for me. Romans chapter 12, and whoever wants to start can read verse 1, please. I beseech
1: you, therefore, brethren by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, fully acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service.
0: All right. What does beseech mean? Um, <clears throat> hmm? uh, yeah, that's close.
1: It was in God's belt.
0: Oh yeah? <laughs> it's a very biblical yes. word. All right. uh, so it means to ask someone to do something. It's urgent and strong, so that's maybe where you get that beg. Uh, It's not like begging for money, necessarily, but it's, uh, you know, I really, really want you to do this. In fact, it's even one step further, Paul is saying, I want you to want to do this. Right? It's not like you're doing it out of a favor because Paul asked, beseech is... Paul is saying, I want you to want to do this of your own accord, all right? By the mercies of God, uh, looking at that section, Paul is reminding us that it is because of what Christ has done, because of Christ's mercies, that we are able to do what Paul is recommending. Uh, So what do you think Paul means by a living sacrifice? Okay. Um <laughs> uh, not what I'm looking for. A living sacrifice. Just because Jesus sacrificed himself and is now living, I guess. That's not what Paul is is getting at here. Um, I guess that might be an example, but you Jesus is always an example. Okay. Alright. We're on the path. So not killing yourself. <laughs> 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 that is implied, yes. Uh, so I've got two notes here. Uh, A sacrifice can be living because it stays alive at the altar. What? But it's a sacrifice. Well, don't you kill
1: it?
0: It's a living sacrifice, though. (laughs) It's not a sacrifice like in the Old Testament, right? It's different, but the same. All right, and the other note I have is uh, a sacrifice is living because it comes to the altar alive.
1: Like by itself? Mm-hmm.
0: You're not dead when you get there. All right? No, it's I know. not so like what? we killed you over here and then we brought <laughs> you to the altar and, and you know.
1: The, like, slit like the cow's throat there and ca- caught himself. all the
0: blood in the bowl and <sighs> all right uh, so Gideon hit the nail on his head right it is a constant uh act right it stays alive at the altar which means it's going to be a continuing thing you're going to give of yourself for God all right So uh, what is Paul asking of us? He's asking to move our thoughts and actions one step further, right? We're like, okay, we're going to leave sin behind. But then, uh, you know, we started at full denial of God, then moved through his arguments through all of the chapters, uh, and we ended up at denying our sinful nature. The next step is to worship and bring God glory by acting in service to him. All right, so this is a living sacrifice is service. All right. What are you going to do for God now that he's made this change in you? So we need all of the parts that Paul has already described up to this point to be made holy. You see that? It says holy and acceptable to God. So that means that you have to have left your sinful nature behind to do this properly. All right. Uh, and we should know by now that uh, living our life in service... To Christ is the natural reaction to what He has done for us. That's what it means there when it says, uh, "Which is your reasonable service." All right, God has done so much for us. He gave His only Son so that we could be saved. What does that mean for you? You have to give of yourself as well. All right, chapter or verse two, chapter twelve, verse two.
1: by the renewing of your mind and that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable
0: and perfect will of God. All right, what's he saying? Don't be like the rest of the world is doing. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't know Paul told you to be a rebel, did he?
1: Whoa!
0: Yes, all right. So you guys got it, you read through the lines He's telling you to not be like the rest of the world. Why why don't we want to be like the rest of the world? The
1: world is is bad.
0: Correct. All Not everything that the world does is sinful, but it's pretty clear.
1: Most of it.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) The Bible can help you discern what's good and bad. Right. (laughs) Have you guys ever heard of the word juxtaposition?
1: What?
0: Juxtaposition. I. Here's your. Here's your literary lesson for the day. Juxtaposition. Um,
1: that looks like something maybe like on your keyboard, and then I just. <laughs>
0: that word comes up? Yeah, yeah, so here's here's your advanced literary topic for the day. What does it mean, Audrey? It is kind of hard to say. Well, do like, this
1: one. there's position in it. So okay. We know that.
0: So use your context clues. Position. What? I don't know. No,
1: juxtaposing. Like, like uh, mm, the difference in. Going
0: so it's there. to take two ideas that are opposite and put them next to each other in the same sentence or same paragraph mm-hmm. to prove a point. All right? Huh. So what is Paul juxtaposed for us in this verse? versus B okay yeah (laughs) so I've got conformity versus I'm gonna call it renewing of the mind all right why is Paul saying so essentially by putting these things next to each other he's saying these are the opposite all right conformity is just listening and going with the flow and letting the world push you wherever you want to be Renewing of the mind is opposite of that, all right? So if Paul is saying we need to renew the mind, Paul is saying, don't be like the world, don't do all of the sinful natured things that are so distracting and attractive, how do we renew our mind to fight that? Give me a list. God. What are some things we can do?
1: Pray. Oh, good, yeah. Reading
0: the Bible. I'm going to put that under study.
1: Going to church. Whoa! (laughs)
0: Phoebe's winning.
1: (laughs) Telling other people about it. Okay, I'm going
0: to put that under service.
1: Oh my gosh, a reasonable
0: one. A reasonable list? No,
1: service. Oh,
0: okay. I got two more on my list, but I'm open to other ideas.
1: Faith? <laughs> okay. <faith>? Um
0: <laughs> uh I've got worship. Oh. All right. And fellowship.
1: Fellowship. Oh,
0: well that's kind of kind of coming to church, but like fellowship think about like what we do on Friday nights. Right? It's just getting together with some like-minded people. Not having the distractions of the world, just doing something fun. You don't necessarily have to be doing uh, church things, right? But that's why we do Friday nights, because it's about having relationships and and fellowship with other Christian believers. All right? How is worship different than church? We absolutely worship in church. Right.
1: Oh, because you can go to church and you can just sit there and be like, "Yep, I'm here. This is good. But then you can worship and be like, "I uh, believe God."
0: I mean, worship isn't necessarily like you know putting your hands in the air. <laughs> you can you know throw some headphones on and listen to something that helps you think about God in your relationship, right? I don't know. That's I like singing in the car. That's my thing. All right. So it's, it's a, you know, personal worship of God, however that works out for you. So that can be different for everybody. But these are things that we can do to renew our mind and so that we can be ready to resist that conformity. Um, so if we're acting differently because we have this renewed mind, what does Paul say here in verse two that will happen? Interpret that verse for me. If we have, we're transformed. The will of God. You can prove what is good. And perfect. The will of God. So that word that there trips me up. All right? What he's saying here is if you have this renewed mind and you're transformed, you're going to prove and show the will of God. he's saying that the will of God is good and acceptable and perfect. All right, but what we're actually talking about is that will of God. All right, so if you do this, you will become evidence for the will of God. Big thought for the day. What is the will? Uh, here's my next question, though. What did Jesus tell his disciples just before he ascended into heaven? Do I'll stuff. Be
1: back. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Turn to Matthew chapter
1: 28.
0: Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Matthew, 28. Matthew chapter 28. Why? We're going to read starting at verse 18 to the end of the chapter Matthew, what? 20. chapter 28 verse verse, uh, verse 18. All right. So what is God's will? What What did he tell us to do?
1: Um, teach all nations.
0: Spread the word. Yeah. All right. It's This passage is called the Great Commission. All right. That's part of it. All right. So uh, Paul, all throughout the entire book of Romans, has been preparing us for the work that Christ gave us there. All right. God has a plan and a will for each of us. And by renewing our mind on a regular basis with those things, we can align our will with God's such that we can do his work. Now, I know that not everybody is called to baptize people. All right. Not everybody is called to teach. Not everybody's called to even, you know, say, hey, friend, have you ever heard about God uh, or, you know, have these great big high profile things that they do for God. Like not everybody is, uh, you know, who's a big preacher that you guys have heard of. Oh my gosh. Billy. But not everybody's Billy Graham, right? Uh, so what Paul is talking about here in verse two is actually not the big high profile things. He's talking about quiet ways to show the will of God. right. It's something for all of us to do in our own way. Paul is calling us to conduct ourselves and behave in such a way that it is clear that we are different. right. When somebody looks at us and you know, how you react to a tough situation, they might think, huh, I wonder why they acted that way. Why that's not what I would have done. What's what's causing them to make that decision? To act in such a way that Paul is recommending plants seeds in people's thoughts, right? It's a quiet thing that he's talking about here. But some of us are called to do big, high-profile things for God. For those people, Paul has a warning. Read verse 3, back in chapter 12 of Romans. Paul says, you're the only one, you're only who you are because of what God made you, right? So there's no reason for pride and the, uh, because all of the glory is God's. Everybody has different talents, and to whom much is given, God will require much. Uh, but we all have the same goal of spreading the gospel uh, like Jesus asked us to. Keep going. Verse 4. Romans chapter 12, verse
1: 4. Uh, for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. Keep going. So we see many in one body, and every one of us. Having then gifts differing according to the grace. That is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophecy according to the proportion of faith.
0: When Paul says prophecy here, it can also be translated as preaching. It doesn't necessarily have to be predicting the future. Keep going. Or
1: ministry, let us wait in our ministering, or he that teaches on teaching. He, he, he that giveth let
0: him do with simplicity he that foolish foolish, foolish with diligence
1: he that most he with
0: truth. all right <clears throat> so that's Paul's warning he said we're all good at different things and he even lists some of those things And he's saying that we should all use those talents for God because God gave us those talents, all right? And we should use them to further God's kingdom. It's not our job to be proud of what we can do or to be jealous of what others can do. We should all just rejoice in doing the will of God. So how do we not conform? We already talked about this renewing of the mind, but what happens when we have that renewed mind? Obviously, Paul gave us a list of Ways that we can act, all right. It's not conclusive, but it's pretty good. Let's keep reading at verse nine. This list of things and the way that we can behave to further God's kingdom. Let love be
1: without
0: dissim- dissimulation? dissimulation. Ah. What does dissimulation mean? Do you know what hypocrisy is? Okay, you can basically put that in there. So let love be without hypocrisy, right? If you're going to love somebody, love them. If you know, don't say you're going to do one thing and then do the opposite kind of thing. What does abhor mean? Hate. Exactly. All right, keep going. Verse 10. Be kindly, affectionate, one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one
1: another.
0: What does slothful mean here? Exactly. Uh, What does fervent mean? Mm. (laughs) Passionate. All (laughs) right. So don't be slothful in what you do, and you know be passionate about. Serving the God, serving Lord. <laughs> Keep going.
1: and patient tribulation.
0: What is tribulation? Like bad,
1: hard things to do.
0: Yeah, great trouble and suffering. Keep going.
1: Continue instant and midst of to the necessity of be in the midst of the time. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not.
0: Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind, one another, mind not high things, but condescend. No, condescend. Condescend to the men of the low estate. Be not wise in your own conceit. All right. So uh, when Paul says condescend here uh... you know we have a relatively negative connotation of that word in today's society but back when this was written it wasn't a negative thought what it means is you know be friends with the poor that's what he's saying there what does conceits mean though what it, what does it mean when somebody is conceited well, that's awesome so that's what it is to, to have conceits is to have a lot of self-pride. Alright, so don't do that. Keep going. Um, Verse 17. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in sight of all things. What does recompense mean? <laughs> Very good. Keep going. If it be possible as much as life and you live peaceably with all
1: not
0: but rather give place What does it mean to give place unto wrath? Yeah, Let go of your anger. Alright. All, all tough things here. Keep going. Therefore, if enemy hunger, feed
1: him. If he thirst, give him
0: What does he mean when he says heap coals on an enemy's head? Make (laughs) them feel bad. You guys ever heard of the term kill him with kindness? No. No? Essentially, it means that you're going to be really nice to somebody who's mean to you, and that will make them think twice about being mean to you, right? It's one of the ways with dealing with a bully, right? Or anything like that. It's actually relatively effective because. If you're just kind to somebody who's really mean to you they'll be like why am i even mean to that person all right it does work
1: well,
0: sometimes Somet- I. i it's not a foolproof plan i agree <laughs> it doesn't always work sometimes people are just mean but paul is asking us to do that no matter what keep going finish out the chapter all right so here's your challenge for the week Think about this list every day if you need to and how it might apply to you and your life. Paul is calling us to be this living sacrifice, which means we have to work every day to serve Christ in a small way. All right. So that we can become the evidence for God's will. All right. And I'm teaching again next week. So I'll ask you how you did. Thanks, guys.